If there's a big recruiting weekend coming up, you know we've got Ryan Snyder on the Friday edition of the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Actually, we have him on every weekend because he's so awesome at this that he, he's here every Friday. Ryan, how you doing today? Happy Happy Friday. Yeah, man. Excited. Uh, I was actually planning to go see high school games tonight, and then I learned Quentin Martin is injured, which is a bummer. Uh, he's supposed to play Rodney Gallagher. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do here tonight. I might still go. Drew Alars on ESPN2 tonight. It's kind of tempting. Maybe just kind of hang out, uh, watch watch Drew. So I'm after work from filming, the couch. I'm kind of, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. I haven't done that for <laughs> – I think I've done that one Friday this year. So I don't know. i got to figure out what the, what the hell I'm going to do tonight here after we film this. So There's been a lot now. of that this year where uh, Denied Dennis Sutton – and uh carter Carter. him he didn't play so this i've this would be my sixth game and yeah three of them have had some sort of injury issue so i'm i guess i'm bad luck sorry (laughs) (laughs) well uh get it out of the way early i guess i don't know uh yeah i guess we'll see we'll see how it goes you've got you've got how many more weeks left in the season to prove that wrong you know that can just Uh, be they i think they call that variance when it comes to mathematics yeah, well, we're like halfway through the high school season now, and then yeah, hopefully it ends because I want to go see like every playoff game I can, and I don't want to be the guy getting players hurt before uh, <laughs> or the jinx uh, before before playoffs start. So yeah, I don't know. I think I might just watch Drew tonight. Now, that's kind of sounds tempting after, yeah. especially with a late late game tomorrow, and uh, you know those are always in bed at three and up at seven to get working on uh, recruiting on Sunday. So busy weekend ahead. Should be a fun one. So, you know, just off topic for a second, you have been going to games uh, so far this season across the the region. How's it been like from crowds to the environment, all that stuff? You know, your videos are always great and it always gives a certain context. But what's it like been what has it been like being there so far this season at high school football games? Yeah. Oh, man, the crowd in Ohio was awesome to see Jewelar versus Stoneman Row Falls. It, I've only been out to Ohio for a couple games, and, and that, that may have been, like, over my entire career, and that may have been one of the best crowds I've ever seen. I mean, it was – the stands were completely packed, and I, I thought those two schools were kind of more so rivals, but they're not. They actually don't – I learned that when I got out there. They actually uh, – they, they're somewhat local and, and good teams, but they're uh, – it was actually a non-conference game. I thought it was a conference game going into it. But anyway, it was an awesome crowd. That was so much fun. Uh, throughout Pennsylvania, they've been good, uh, not, like – the best I've seen. Uh, I don't know if it's COVID related or just the, the general enthusiasm is down a little bit. Uh, but man, that, that Ohio crowd to see uh, Drew Lar was awesome. And that, that was one thing I'll really uh, remember from this entire season. Then they had an awesome student section. They probably had like a thousand kids and there's maybe not that that's an exaggeration. Yeah. Probably like 500, yeah. 500. Like, and then they were into it, man, chanting the whole time. Their team actually, they were chanting so loud that they got their own team a false start. <laughs> that was, I thought that was pretty funny. I mean, you just, you don't see high school uh, student sections impact games, but they were, they were yeah. awesome. So yeah. Props it, to Monroe Falls. It's not always cool to like stuff in high school, but when you get a <laughs> yeah. bunch of high school kids to like stuff, that can be pretty cool. Yeah, uh, they, they were, they were dressed up and like had themes and stuff. It was cool. So props to them. 
That's cool. That you know, a good environment for any game makes it more exciting. Mm-hmm. So that's always nice. Speaking of exciting for Penn State football fans, you logged a future cast this week. So let's get into that because I know that this mm-hmm. is some big news for the class of 2022. What are we talking about today? Yeah, so Mari Evans, man, he will be uh, deciding tomorrow. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out a time for that. Uh, hopefully, we can. We can lock that down here in uh, in the coming hours. Uh, Killian, Texas. He's originally from Ohio. He plays for Shoemaker uh, High School. Six foot, one seventy ish. We've talked about him a lot, um, if not on this podcast, then then with Greg and I's uh, Tuesday podcast. And look, he came up to Penn State, had a killer workout, and that really kind of set him uh, onto the path of being somebody they're going to push hard for. I've talked a lot about his four three forty. He would be the the fastest player in this class if he ends up deciding. And, and I did log a, a pick for Penn State. Rutgers, Penn State have been pretty much the top two for a while now. I thought Rutgers had an edge from the relationship perspective. And um, from what I've learned, I guess, maybe a little bit more over the last couple of weeks is that Penn State really feels like they have, uh, you know, drawn even there or or maybe have uh, exceeded Rutgers now. And look, I mean, Penn State's also just a, a bigger program, um, right. you know, Definitely. I mean, no, Rutgers is also I mean, they're 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 doing great right now and they're they're definitely uh, in the right trajectory. But uh, Penn State wins these Rutgers Penn State battles. I don't know if it's nine out of ten times, but, you know, 70, 80 percent of the time, especially when Penn State's really pushing hard for a player. So I think he's going to be a Nittany Lion. I'm trying to figure out a time still. I will say that when I logged that pick, sources were really still adamant that uh, Greg Shiano's staff were pushing very hard to either get him to push back his commitment or or reconsider. Uh, but right now, uh, as of Friday morning, I still expect him to be a Nittany Lion. And, uh, you know, he, he would likely be a wide receiver. He played a little bit of quarterback for his team this year, but uh, he, he would definitely just be a, a, a playmaker, really, is, is the yeah. best way to decide it because they like his, um, his potential on special teams a lot as well. Yeah, and you can see there in some of the highlights, he's kind of a, a weapon, an offensive weapon, a special teams weapon that four three one speed is is definitely something that shows up on film. And it is a class, and I know you talked about this with uh in your in your recruiting round table with Greg Pickle this week. You talked about the class of twenty two, how many receivers they have, and kind of the math that goes into that. So first off bluewhiteillustrated.com if you want to check out uh, that article and if you want to make sure that you are in the know on all that stuff because Ryan has all kinds of insider information Uh, but this class in particular with as many receivers as they have and guys that can play receiver uh, is this is this I I don't want to say a wise decision because you always want to take a good football player but with as many they got a couple months left in this recruiting class it kind of feels like the, the inn is getting very full and there's still some guys out there. So how does this process work for Penn State? And and is this, I guess I'll say it, is this a wise move with some of the guys they've added this week? Yeah, well, I mean, I think Flowers will be a, a safety and and Christian Driver could play either either way. Uh, I, I think uh, Penn State definitely has interest in him playing safety. Christian's definitely going to start as a wide receiver. Uh, so that, mm-hmm. would, that would bring maybe up to five uh, receivers in this class. Um, I think really when you look at Penn State's current roster, right? John Dotson's gone, Cam Solomon Brown's gone, and then when you when you look behind those two, Daniel George and, and Norval Black are yet to really make an impact on the field, and that yeah. leaves about six other scholarship guys. We know Parker Washington, we know Keandre Lambert Smith. They're they're gonna uh, step up and probably be the top guys next year. 
But behind them, man, there's a lot of uncertainty still about, you know, who's really going to emerge. So loading up on wide receiver this year, I would still put them around uh, 10, maybe 11 or so, depending on how many guys transfer out. And, and 10, 10 scholarship wide receivers is pretty, pretty normal, I think, when you when you look across the nation. So it's it's not I think Penn State sees a bigger number. Penn State fans see a bigger number of scholarship guys on the roster now. And it looks like they're taking too many. But guys are going to leave, man. Like, right. I, I'm right. not going to throw names out there because I, I don't. I don't. That's not fair to the current players. But somebody, there's going to be a couple guys that transfer. I think it's it, Penn State's not taking all these guys if they don't have a feeling for for what's going to happen here come December or uh, January. You know, into into the off season. But yeah, yeah. And then uh, the other thing I just mentioned in that, that roundtable is when I look at the 2023 class and I look at the the, the wide receivers they brought on campus so far. You know, Rodney Gallagher is definitely someone who uh, I think is probably leaning towards Penn State right now. Johnny Shakir is another guy who uh, should uh, or is at least on the right path to, to end up at Penn State, I guess. Right now it looks pretty good. But a lot of the guys who have also come on campus are just from outside the region. You know, they're they're very much open still. Like, I don't see too many locks, too many guys where I'm like, right. okay, it's just a matter of time until this guy commits, this guy commits. So – you know, when, when you when you look at uh, what's coming next year and, and you know, uh, feel pretty confident, at least that, that a couple of wide receivers are going to transfer out. I think that's why you're, you're seeing Penn State to add so many uh, potential receivers in this class. And look, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, man, o- Omari has a has a three star rating and maybe not as many, uh, you know, top offers as Penn State fans you know want to see from 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 guys. But when, when you come on campus and you work out for the staff and, and that workout was repeatedly you know, told to me that it was one of the best that they had with any player this year. He he connected with them really well, you know, throughout like the visit and tours, you know, just from a character perspective, they love them. I mean, there's, there's a lot of little things there that just, just makes sense for Penn state. So, uh, you know, they, they brought him back for an official visit two weeks ago. And, and when you saw that and, and knowing, you know, where their class stood, it was very clear that Penn state was going to take him pretty much, uh, I don't want to say no matter what, because there were there were still discussions about it, but uh, they weren't bringing him on campus for for no reason. Put it that way. Yeah, and if you want to see, because that leads into a conversation about what other receivers might be left, and that is a part of your mailbag today. And if you want to check that out again, bluewhiteillustrated.com. You can check out uh, all the work there. And if you want to be an insider and get the inside information, uh, the full recruiting list of who's coming to uh, the game against Indiana. That's in there as well, and if you want that information, you've got to be an insider. And to do that, visit bluewhiteillustrated.com for the latest Penn State football and recruiting news and in the Lion's Den Premium Forum for more information as well. And, of course, the October issue is on newsstands now, features Penn State's Freaks List and other exclusive content. Learn more at bluewhiteonline.com or by calling customer service at 800-421-7751. I haven't gotten my issue yet, so I haven't delved into it. What do you got in the... I, I know, I know, I haven't gotten it yet. It? I haven't gotten it yet. Oh. I would have it. I would be holding it if I had it. I'd show you because oh, okay. the cover looks awesome. Uh, what What do you have in there uh, for the October issue? It was really just kind of mainly looking at uh, you know what's kind of left uh, in the class. I mean, with with so many uh, commitments in the previous one, you know, we had to to look back on uh, on on um, you know the the summer really. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a very deep issue as far as recruiting uh, is concerned. So it was it was more so just kind of looking at the season. Uh, but but for me specifically, it was really just kind of what's left in twenty twenty two and uh, some top guys in twenty twenty three. 
Yeah, and uh, there's <laughs> the 2022 class, it seems, will not stop growing. Uh, Andre Roy committed last week. He committed, yeah, yeah last, last week. Thursday. Last Thursday. Uh, and if you're wondering, uh, where is T. Frank's film room on Andre Roy? Well, there's not enough film yet. <laughs> I yeah. have been searching high and low. Here's how it, wor- it broke down. The first game that he did this year was on ESPN. Can't use that footage. Second game of the year, he played the first half, and something will get into the film room. Something happened, and uh, then he didn't play the next week or the second mm-hmm. half of that game. So his game tonight... Hopefully, we're going to get some good footage of that, and we're going to have a good uh, discussion about what Andre Roy is as an offensive lineman. But it comes into a conversation about this class again of taking Andre Roy, and this is probably going to bleed into a little of my opinion and my view of what I've seen so far. Is Penn State not waiting for some of these top players in classes where there's a couple guys that are still out there? And if you feel like you have an opportunity with those guys, but then you take an Andre Roy, uh, not that he's not a quality prospect. He has, you know, some really unique physical traits, some really unique skills. But if you're looking as far as like on your list of guys you're waiting around for, is is this another one of those areas where that philosophy might shift in the future? Or do you think it should shift in the future where they're not waiting around for guys late into October and November as they get closer to the early signing period? Yeah, well, look, a lot of top programs aren't really. I mean, you know, you yes, you'll watch the Under Armour game or the Army game, and you know, you'll see a guy commit to Georgia or Alabama or wherever. But the majority of these top programs are going to have their class eighty, ninety percent done mm-hmm. uh, by really this time. Not, not going to say this time of the year, but definitely by like the end of the season, and and because of that early signing period, like when, when that early signing period came into play a couple years ago it really just kind of moved everything up and and guys what you see is that snowball effect that dominoes effect where where you know scholarships start falling and um you know penn state gains momentum then and and they can i don't want to say force hands but you know they it gives it gives prospects a reason to 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 not wait so they're look they'll they'll wait for jay sean barham if jay sean barham wants to wait another month or two i think that they'll they'll gladly wait there mill wagner's talking about committing for uh the army game although i i kind of feel like he's gonna I, I personally just don't see another offensive lineman in this class, but right. uh, they're going to keep pursuing him for sure. And um, and look, they there's going to be I feel like there's going to be a decommitment or two at some point. So they they got to keep going after these guys who are are um, you know still still on the table. But for for uh, an overall you know mindset, I guess of of you know waiting for guys, you 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 want to just get as many guys committed as you can. Um, and, you know, because, you know, one or two guys are going to decommit. So you want to just build up this class the best that you can and then kind of just see see where the cards fall. But but Penn State always, always would prefer to pretty much have their entire class signed by December for sure. Yeah, it, it just seems interesting because that seems like in a lot of ways the perception. And this is why I wanted to ask the question, even if the question isn't correct, because there is a certain perception about, well, if Penn State wants to be in on those five-star guys that are going to be signing on the late signing period are going to, you know, announce their decision on TV or any of those guys, even Mm -hmm. though, you know, a lot of those guys, the four and five-star guys did that this summer in July. Mm -hmm. Um, that seems like the last part where if Penn State wants to, you know, be in the top five at the end and, you know, have those, you know, really, really good recruiting classes, that next step, you have to wait for those guys. So are you saying that that's not, uh, that that's, that's more perception than reality? 
Um, well, I mean, for the for the there's a lot of five star guys who are still uncommitted. I think it's like I think there's 28 or 29 five stars still out there, or five star you know guys who have earned a five star rating. And I think like 12 of them maybe uh, haven't committed yet. But Penn State's not in the mix with those guys. <laughs> you know, right. It's 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 really that simple. You know, those guys are you know the, those handful of schools who are recruiting nationally are on a different tier right now, from Georgia to Alabama. Um, Ohio State and uh, you know even Clemson to some degree even though they're struggling a bit this year uh, th- those are the those are the schools who um, you know are just are just getting getting the majority of those guys so uh, Penn State will wait for a couple guys but uh, they want to have their class done uh, as really as soon as possible because of 2023 and what we'll get into is as far as their momentum there I mean the sooner you get this class done the sooner you can start to shift your focus a little bit more towards the next class and yeah uh, we're already seeing the 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 results from that and, and that is uh a really interesting topic when it comes to class of 2023 and something that i'm interested to hear your opinion on we haven't really discussed this yet of when you have the start of alex birchmeyer you have lamont Payne, and then you get uh matthias barnwell for the class of 2023 those are your first three commitments is that as good of a start to the next class as you could have you know, barring anything yeah. magical like getting every guy that you want to commit early, uh, is that as good as you can get to start a class? Well, it's not like they've missed out on anybody yet. You know, it's, it's yeah. not like like I can't point to. I'm sure. I'm not sure if I ran through the the entire list. I, oh, I, yeah, I forgot about that guy. But you know, there aren't too many you know elite guys in the region. Uh, for 2023 who have you know gone elsewhere so far so yeah yeah when you have four when you have three four-star players who are very uh enthusiastic about their commitments who are uh you know aggressive in recruiting you know lamont Payne is he penn state fans have seen him already on twitter he's he's, oh, yeah. he's talking about it all the time and really i i over sometimes i'll do stress though to like don't overthink the what you see on Twitter, that's just kids having fun more than anything. It's really what they're doing behind the scenes with, uh, you know, group group messages and things like that, which is already very much in play for 2023. Those guys are, are talking to a handful of players who, uh, you know, we think could be committing in the, in the coming uh, months. But, but yeah, I, I look, Penn State has more commitments than any other Big Ten school so far. Uh, Ohio State has one. Michigan has zero. I believe Iowa and Nebraska, I think, have two each. Uh, but but as far as, you know, comparing to the, the, the schools in their conference, Penn State's also a great start there. And only really there's only like two or three schools who have really uh, been off to an electric start in 2023. I know Oklahoma has seven commits. Georgia has six. And I think Notre Dame has five. But basically everybody else is four, three, two, you know, right. somewhere in that ballpark. So uh, they're, they're off to, yeah, a, a, a very good start, I think. And, you know, whenever you're able to land three rivals, 250 players, one of whom and Alex Birchmeyer, who, you know, I, I think as long as he continues progressing, can can really potentially be a five star or right outside of that window. Yeah. Or yeah. at the very <laughs> least one of the two or three best at his position. Whatever his oh, position ends up. But yeah, oh, yeah. continue to maintain right. that level of being the best at that particular position. And that's what stinks about being a guard is I, I always feel like tackles usually just kind of get more love yep. in regards oh, yeah. to being a five star. And I understand it, um, you know, because when you look at the NFL and the premium placed on that, it kind of trickles down into, into ratings a little bit. But uh, I, I've, I mean, Chase, him and him and Chase Basante, I mean, they, they, they seem like easily the, the best two guards uh, in the nation from what I've seen so far. Um, and 
you know, I, I know Penn State loves both of them. So he he will he will definitely be in the mix. But I I, I always felt like that hurt Landon Tangwall a bit, you know, because Landon was a really highly rated recruit, but we knew he was going to be a guard at the next level. And yep. Penn State fans always kept asking, you know, is he going to be a five star? And I would always hedge there because I thought, you know, from a skill perspective, yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty damn good. But yeah, uh, just from doing this for twelve years, I know that uh, tackles. You know, if if he's if he's even with a tackle out there, that tackle is probably going to get the bump. And you know, yeah. maybe that's not fair, but it's just usually how uh, how coveted, I guess, the position is. And and two, and this is no knock on his athleticism, but if you aren't a tackle, you probably aren't seen as athletic. Even though Alex mm-hmm. Birchmeyer is a phenomenal athlete, but the length and the yeah. size and all that stuff, it it plays into, I guess, the upper end of your projection. But if you're ignoring the fact that a a high, high-quality guard, a five-star quality guard or center comes into your program and it can't change things for you, then you're you're not correct. I, the totality yeah. of the offensive line is very important. And with that in mind, I don't know if there are any particular guys in this class, but just the guys that are coming for Indiana, uh, you have mm-hmm. your list over at BWI.Rivals.com, once again, on the Lions Den premium board. But if you want to give a couple names that you ha- want to highlight that are coming for the stripe out, a 7.30 kick, another primetime mm-hmm. opportunity for Penn State to showcase itself. They've had a ton so far this year. Uh, who are some of the guys you're looking at that are big for this weekend? Yeah, so we'll start with 2023 class. Of course, that's that's the one where the uh, majority of the focus is going to be for this game and really throughout the rest of the year. Uh, Khalil Ali is returning. I mentioned him. Um, I think we talked about him last week as somebody who I'm looking or uh, I think we need to pay more attention to. You know, he was a guy who I thought Penn State wanted to watch their film before they figure out, well, you know, we're going to push all out for him. And all indications are is through the first couple of games, they 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 love him a lot. So he'll be back, and this is I think his fourth visit, I believe, since June, which is quite a few. So I think that's pretty much more than almost every other 2023 prospect. So whenever these guys, man, they just keep coming back for visits, it's usually a pretty good sign on uh, yeah. who's the team to beat. Uh, Archbishop Wood will bring in a couple of players that the. the the Archbishop Blue guys haven't been in since the summer yet. They uh, were hoping to come for the Auburn game, but they had a game on Saturday. So uh, Samaj Bridgman, you know, he's, of course, one of the top linebacker prospects in the in the not just the state or region, but really the entire country. Uh, Marcus Dixon is a, is a really good tight end. And then Eric Gardner is a, is a pretty good defensive end who uh, all three hold offers from Penn State. And then just two other guys I really want to mention. Uh, Rodney Gallagher's expected to come back. Uh, you know, the, the two sport athlete, uh, one of the one of the top players in the state. This is his second visit since uh, so during the season. You know, he was here for Auburn and then Cam Lenhart, uh, defensive end from IMG Academy. He's originally from Staten Island. He's coming back for the second time since the Auburn game. And, you know, it's not easy to make that trip from IMG yeah. Academy, especially on your own dime. So, you know, uh, flying up here. You know, flying into New York City, driving back down, driving back to New York City, just to fly back down to IMG Academy on Sunday. Uh, that 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 speaks volumes to me. Uh, yeah. So I don't I don't think he's going to be committing this weekend or anything like that. But when you when you when you make that kind of a trip uh, twice in three weeks, uh, it definitely uh, grabs my attention and it, and it should grab the the attention of fans as well. Uh, just one, actually, one other younger guy I want to mention, or two, two more younger guys I'll mention. Anthony Specka is a top linebacker prospect in the 2024 class. Uh, this will be his first visit of the season. He was here for, I believe, the Lash Bash. Was it it may, have, it may have been two visits this summer. I know he's here for the Lash Bash show. So this is at least his second visit since uh, the dead period ended. 
And then uh, Stone Saunders, he's a top mm-hmm. 2025 quarterback from Bishop McDevitt. I uh, went and watched him to, to begin the year. Uh, definitely, he's going to be a, a top guy. Michigan has offered him already. Uh, Penn State's, you know, just just kind of watching his film before they make the move. But I think that's kind of a matter of time. So getting him uh, up here for a game should be uh, should, uh, you know, help kickstart some things. I, I don't I don't know if we'll get a, a, an offer this week. That's something I need to dig on a little bit. But I think I think he'll have plenty of offers soon enough. Put it that way. Harbaugh's a little late uh, offering uh, a guy in ninth grade. Normally they go after the seventh graders, don't they? At quarterback, you know, they, yeah. that weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, every school does that now, man. It's yeah. uh Penn state's offered a handful of uh, eighth. I don't know if seventh graders, but they've offered a handful of eighth graders. Everybody does that now. It's just kind of a, it's not like a, it's really not like a real offer or anything. It's really just, Hey, Hey, we see your potential. We want to get you yeah. on campus here. And, uh, you know, but they make it very clear that, uh, we, you know, we got to see your progress from here on out. But, yeah. uh, yeah, that's, that's a trend that, you know, five, six years ago, everyone was like, what the hell? This is so weird, you know? And yeah. now every school, if you go to the 2025 database, 2026 database on rivals, you'll see, you'll see dozens of guys in there who already are claiming offers. Yeah. And, and I just watched a little bit of Saunders film earlier this year when, when you talked about him the first time and I think he, he camped here, right? He came in through at Penn state. Yeah. yeah yep. So I watched it, one of his games and yeah, you can see the, the fact that he's got some, some real potential and there's some mm-hmm. real things on film that he does. Well, obviously he's in ninth grade, so he's still learning how to play football, but uh, you know, how much is Mike Yersich is and the impact I guess this is maybe a long-term question, something I'm monitoring, is mm-hmm. the impact of Mike Yersich on Sean Clifford and what we've seen as far as the turnaround from Sean this year in this new offense and just in general as a player. I'm curious to see what that does to quarterback recruiting because that is mm-hmm. really the golden goose. That finding a guy Absolutely. that can that can relate to the best quarterbacks in the country and can show tangible evidence of developing them and making them yeah. into guys that are difference makers. To me, that's going to be really interesting. And it is interesting that a couple of those guys have been in Pennsylvania or in the region. And it's not just guys from Texas or California. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's certainly something we're going to have to monitor, especially for 2023, because really, well, for 2023, there are a lot there. Their top quarterback is going to come from outside the region for that class. Jaden Rashad is from California. Dante Moore is from Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are a few others in the mix, but uh, you know that's that's something we're going to have to ask about, and 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 I'll be curious about to learn. I mean, yeah, I do think it's a little too early to to figure that out. Uh, let's see how Sean obviously does, but uh, yeah. I don't need to tell you that there's been a clear difference this year uh, from what we've seen. I mean, I believe I saw that. I mean. Uh, Sean has two interceptions, I believe, on the year, but zero yep. turnover-worthy plays, yep. which is a, is a stat, you know, kind of one of those next-level analytical stats. But, uh, you know, that's good, man. There aren't too many quarterbacks in the nation that uh, claim a zero next to that stat so far. Yeah, and we talked about that this week on the uh, BWI Daily Edition on the Monday show, the guys that have elite-level stats so far this season. Mm-hmm. That is one of them. So if you want to check that out here on YouTube. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. That's probably where I saw that then. It's yeah. a perfect transition because I wanted to say we that today is October 1st. So it is a great opportunity, fresh start to a new month. If you have not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, hit the notification button. And if you're listening on a podcast, go over to the YouTube channel because because we, I always try to throw in something a little extra on the YouTube channel as far as graphics or something to throw up there. We had uh, we had uh, Amari Evans highlights that you couldn't mm-hmm. see if you're listening to the podcast. So there's always a little extra nugget there. And I do want to say one thing quickly. 
Um, this is obviously something that I started doing for Blue White Illustrated this summer. So this is a relatively new channel and this is a relatively new process for everyone. And I just want to thank the Penn State fans and, and the Blue White Illustrated people and everybody who has supported everything so far because uh, you always get the thing thrown out of the fastest growing, blah, 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 blah. but legitimately we grew exponentially in September, and I want to keep that going. Penn State football is playing well right now. We're giving you more information and content than anybody else, and we're doing it in a way that nobody else is doing. So if you haven't yet subscribed because we aren't stopping, and it's only going to get better from here, so you're not going to be disappointed by hitting that that button on your YouTube channel. And I know how it is. Like On YouTube, for some reason, People are much more judicious with their follows than they are like on Twitter or on Instagram. And I just want to let you know, we are worth it because I'm bringing in guys like Ryan and giving you Ryan Snyder's bets. Bets coming up in just a little bit. But uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you to everybody who has supported the channel and who has followed along. Ryan, anything you want to wrap up before we get yeah. to best bets? Yeah, I just I never, you know, we started putting this into motion back in the summertime and I never... I never expected it to take off like it really has. So I, I just, I, I'll second that, man. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, man, keep, keep, uh, keep it coming. I think uh, we may even have some sponsors lined up here soon in the, in the coming future. So things are, things are looking up. We, we appreciate it. I'm very excited about that. That's something that you <laughs> professional tease, my friend, that's coming up next week. We have a, mm -hmm. a, a new sponsor we're going to be talking about. So stay tuned for that. And now let's get to this. Ryan Snyder's best bets getting you some cheddar going into the weekend. Ryan, here's your list of games. Tell me about it. Give me the uh, the big picture view of why you picked these games and what you're looking at so mm -hmm. far this week. Yeah, so we we uh, I, I found some better games, more interesting games <laughs> that I like this week. You know, still got a, uh, we do, still got Ball State still on got there. A Mac. Yeah, <laughs> still got one Mac in there. I, I trust me, there were a couple others I really liked, but. Uh, I found a couple of, you know, fun games that fans are going to be watching this week. Of course, Michigan, Wisconsin, that's a big one. Uh, I, I, we'll, we'll get to my pick here in a second. Uh, Auburn LSU is another fun one, and uh, we, we got a little Pac-12 after dark in there. Of course, we'll hit on Penn State, Indiana. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a good slate this week. I want – so I went 1-2-1 one, one last week. I am 12-11 and 11 on the year, so we're just above 500. Uh, I, I'll, I, I expected better. Uh, I, I'm, I'm mad at – myself right now i want to be better than uh, than 500 so uh hopefully this will be the week we we get a good one uh we, we started off really strong uh, we had we had two good good winning weeks there and then yep. we've come back to 500 here the past two weeks so uh if i start sucking at this just start fading me guys and, and making money <laughs> that way just whatever i take, take the opposite uh, I, i'm just trying to uh to get you guys some money here somehow but uh let's let's roll into it man which which one do you want to start with you want to start with michigan wisconsin or yes i want to start there okay yeah Okay. Yeah. So I am, uh, God, I don't know how, why I'm doing this, but I am putting my faith in Graham Mertz, man. This is, he has burned <laughs> me here. He really burned me last week. Uh, with, uh, I took, I took, uh, Wisconsin, uh, obviously over Notre Dame. Uh, but man, this spread, does it not like tell you something, you know, Michigan's getting all this hype. They're doing great. Wisconsin's terrible. And yet somehow Wisconsin's still the favorite. Yeah. It's like that. That says something to me. Um, and, and look, I, I think it really – the big part of – I think there's two things that really um, I think Vegas sees here. One is is Wisconsin's excellent against the run. Uh, I think yep. they allowed – was it like nine yards or something like that against Notre Dame last week? Yeah. And, and Rutgers, you know, they, they kind of showed a blueprint last week, I thought, against against Michigan. Uh, really, um, 
stacking up the box and and and, and making uh, making Michigan throw and and I expect Wisconsin's defense, who is substantially uh, substantially uh, more talented to than than Rutgers, to to have success with that. So and then, look, the other thing is Wisconsin's had nine turnovers. Yeah, like I don't. Yeah, that's bad. Obviously, I don't yeah. need to explain that to you. But can that like continue? Like at some point, with I, I'm not a huge Paul Chris fan, but I respect him enough that they should be able to write the ship here at some point. So uh, I'm going to lay the two with Wisconsin this week. Uh, look, Wisconsin has to win this game, man. If they yep. don't win this game, it is there, there's their season is going to uh, you know tor- torpedo. So I, I, they're at home. Uh, they they really killed themselves last week in that Notre Dame game. They were winning in the fourth that's, quarter. That's twice now. That's twice mm-hmm. now that they've been the better team on the football field and lost the game because they turned the mm-hmm. ball over and mm-hmm. it snowballed against that for them against Notre Dame. And, and that, I think, is part of the perception of everyone coming into this week of Wisconsin's terrible. Did you see the final score? Well, did you see the score going into the third quarter? Like, yeah. I, you know, yeah. somebody somebody said that to me when talking and referencing Penn State's win and how it means less because they got blown out by Notre Dame. Did they get blown out or did the fourth quarter get away from them? And yeah. I absolutely I'm, a, I'm on board with you because you're, you're saying some shocking things here that one of Jim Harbaugh's teams is predicated on running the ball yeah. and that they don't yeah. quite have a modern passing attack. I am floored. I am. I'm shocked. Michigan does this all the time. They, you know, they, they whoop up on the directional schools, you know, yep. Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan. I, I forget exactly. I think they, I think they played Western Michigan, but I'm Northern sure. Iowa but, community college. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they do this all the time, you know, where, you know, they get off the hot start, people get excited and then they get exposed at some point. You know, I think it was maybe two years ago. Wisconsin beat them like 35 nothing at Camp Randall. So uh, I don't I don't expect that to happen. I do think it'll be a closer game. But uh, this is just a moment where Wisconsin has to have this one. And, you know, Vegas telling me, you know, minus two for this. It just it it's telling you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they're trying to trap you here, folks. They're trying to make you play Michigan here. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I just see I just see Wisconsin getting getting some momentum going here. Mertz, yeah, he'll, he'll probably still have one interception, but if he, as long as he, you know, can, can control uh, control the turnovers, and I expect Michigan to – or expect Wisconsin to have success in the run game. You know, Michigan's defense hasn't been challenged at all this year too. Mm-hmm. And not that uh, Mertz is a lead or anything, but uh, I expect I expect Wisconsin to be able to run the ball a little bit. Uh, that They did struggle a bit with, with that against Notre Dame, but yeah. I just – I don't know. For some reason, I'm putting my trust in them one more time, and if they don't – I promise I won't pick on the rest of the year. I promise. The, the, my my biggest concern in this game is that I think beyond the color of the jersey and the W on it, this is not a Wisconsin rushing attack. Like the the mm-hmm. process is all the same. They're going to concussively get two hundred yards, but I don't know that there's anybody on this. Uh, and I haven't followed them too closely since the game we watched uh, at Camp Randall with the Nittany Lions. But I wasn't impressed with Malusi. Uh, I think he's a good back, but he's not anything like Jonathan Taylor or anything special yeah. like they've had in the past. And their offensive line, while it's a, another cohesive unit, again, there aren't any guys there that I was thinking, at least this year, they're anything special. They would have to develop into that pretty quickly. And it doesn't seem, based on what I've you know just been reading about and kind of passively observing, that they are that team yet. So that would be my one pause about this. Are you going? Are you going full Wisconsin covers here, or is this a one point oh, game yeah. and Wisconsin edges out? Yeah, I actually kind of like um, 
you know, depending on what book you look at, I don't, I don't, I don't hate playing money line here, you know, laying a little extra minus one thirty or, or whatever to, to just play the money line and, and forget the points. But yeah, no, we are, we are definitely on Wisconsin minus two. And they, they did only have 78 yards rushing against uh, Notre Dame last week. I just, I looked that up quick and I, and I know uh, they, they need to be better than that. I, and Notre Dame's, you know, defensive line has been, has been shaky too. So I, I, I don't totally disagree with that, but I just, I don't know. I, the line says, the line tells me something here, man. They, oh, no, I'm, uh, I'm with all, you. All, yeah, all common wisdom says that, uh, you know, or from the outside looking in that, you know, this should be, you know, maybe Michigan favored by a little bit. Uh, Vegas, I think Vegas is, is trying to trap people into, into taking Michigan here. And, uh, you know, nine turnovers. That I don't see that continuing. And then again, you know, if, 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 uh, if Michigan can't run the ball, how are they going to score? So I actually don't hate the under uh, the under with this one either. But we, we will go with Wisconsin minus two. And uh, I spent way too much time talking about Wisconsin now. Let's move on. <laughs> well, speaking of a, something that feels like a trap, Alabama Ole Miss. This is the next one we're going to get into here where Alabama's favored. The line you gave me is 14 and a half points against mm-hmm. Ole Miss, who puts up gobs of points. Mm-hmm. You know, Lane Kiffin knows Nick Saban. What are you thinking here? So it's funny you say they put up gobs of points because I'm actually going to take the under. Oh. Uh, so let, let me let me explain some things here. First off, this line opened, the actual line uh, opened at Alabama minus 17 or so. And all the, or not all of them, but a bunch of you know professional bettors, you know, the sharps as we like to call it, they pounded Ole Miss. And this yeah. line's down to 14 now. So, I mean, to see, to see a drastic sharp drop like that, if you were going to play Ole Miss with the points, I think you missed your your opportunity there. Yeah. So, so it was the, it's the opposite though for the over under. You know, this over under I believe started at 74 and a half, 75, and it's been bought all the way up to 79 uh, now. I, I think that that you know that extra four or so points there just from everybody hammering the over could 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 maybe be be important in the end. But but here's 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 the main thing that I think is most important. Ole Miss is going to score points. Yes, like yeah. that that will happen. They will probably get into well deep into the twenties, probably in the thirties. But but the difference between the game last year we watched, which was like what was it like 45, 44, it was something something pretty crazy. But the difference is this isn't Steve Sarkeesian's offense now. Okay, yeah. now obviously all the talent uh, that they lost is is a major part of it. But I'm looking more so at Bill O'Brien and how he runs his offense. Alabama's tempo is nothing like the tempo that they had last year. They they are much slower with the ball. Um, you know, I, I think – I forget the ranking. I saw it the other day. It's – I forget what it is. I don't want to throw it out there and be wrong. But the, but I know their, you know, their tempo ranking is, is no longer near towards, towards the top of the country. It's more so mid-pack now, where last year, mm-hmm. you know, they, they were running plays every 20, so, 20 or so seconds. So I just, I, I just don't think we're going to see all those big explosive plays, those quick points that we saw in last year's game. So, uh, you know, Alabama's going to have to drive the ball here. You know, they're, 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 I, I expect more, you know, seven, eight, nine play drives compared to, uh, to, compared to what we saw last year. So right. uh, I, I will take the under. Now, one other thing I will say, though, is that I expect Ole Miss to come out and, and really try to get, obviously get some points really early, you know, some big explosive plays in, and they've had success with that, okay? So if you do see Ole Miss get up 7 nothing. Maybe even ten nothing in the first quarter. Watch the live line here because yeah. I think there's a good chance you can maybe get Alabama at you know giving less than a touchdown. And throughout this game, I, I mean, I'm, I feel pretty confident Alabama's going to win. 
and and throughout this game, I, I do feel like uh, Alabama will be the more physical team, and they will wear Ole Miss down. So, so as my official play, I'll take under seventy nine. Uh, I do think this game will be you know in the thirties, you know thirty. 34, 31, something like that. I mean, it'll be it'll be a it'll be a fun game. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and if you and it actually, I don't actually. I think Alabama will win by probably more than a touchdown. But you know, like I said, I, I think we'll see an under. And then if you can get Alabama at a minus three, a minus four, uh, you know, minus even five or six, even I, I think that's an interesting play. Again, if if Ole Miss gets out early and that live line drops a bit, fourteen, that's too much for me. Are you looking at all in the the Heisman odds after this game, based on no, these two I, players at quarterback? I don't I don't play that stuff much. I mean, like for me, um, when I play like futures, I just do like season bets. You know, like uh, over under five and a half wins. Like for example, Maryland is a team that I I liked a lot this year, and that that was one of them. Um, so I'm hoping they can pull out against uh, Iowa. Um, tomorrow or tonight actually but uh, no I don't, I don't really play Heisman stuff that much man it's just it's just kind of a crapshoot you know yeah. it's people voting it's it's not on the field results I mean it is on the field results but uh there's you know what you, you guys you can't really predict through, how but... many yards somebody's going to throw for in a game and that's half the battle like that's literally yeah, just... half the battle are the stats and if you don't have the right stats even if you've been one of the best players like I, I think you were just about to say west coast guys christian mccaffrey was a better player uh, Dude, but derrick henry he won so the heisman screwed. yeah yeah he got absolutely screwed i mean he should have absolutely been the heisman that year um i'll go back to I'm trying to think of another like Derek mcfadden back in the day in arkansas he got i think it was was it detroit smith win that year or something like that like there's just there, there's a lot of examples of guys who you know probably are the best players. saquon barkley even to some degree you know yeah. uh you know guys who are truly the best players who don't really win the award so I, just awards have never been interesting to me as far as gambling yeah. on and that's you know that's mlb mvp that goes for nba mvp like all yeah. that stuff i just i'd rather just stick to uh, if I'm going to do futures, I'd rather just do, you know, who's going to win the division, who's going to win the championship, stuff like that. Uh, where do you want to go next? You want to go uh, to – Let's let's get an army out of the way. So okay, good. Can... <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll finish with uh, some some P5 games. Uh, yeah, look, I this one's simple to me. Uh, and I and this is maybe my favorite play of the week. Now, of course, I said that. Now they're going to lose. But, um, look, army is is a train, man. They're averaging, they're averaging 344 yards rushing a game. Of course, they run the triple option, so you're going to have that. Yeah. Uh, but Ball State is allowing 5.3 yards uh, per carry. Yeah. This is not... This is not a good combination here. Uh, Ball State ranks 107th in the nation in rushing defense. And uh, our Army, I think this Army is going to, you know, just just wear them out throughout the game. Uh, the, the other big thing here is just Ball State's offense is not good. Yep. Uh, we they, they allowed, they, they think they scored 12 points against Wyoming. I think they scored 12 points against Toledo. I think they actually scored more points against Penn State than they did against those in those last two games. So, um you know, with, with time, I, I expect uh, Army to just wear them out. I think this will be a 35-21 uh, maybe kind of game, maybe even maybe even a little less scoring for, than that for Ball State. But uh, I really like Army here, man. They are a machine. They've covered every – I think Army has covered every game. Or no, I think what it is is uh, Ball State hasn't covered any game so far this year, and Army's maybe covered all but one. So uh, just – I, I I love the triple option. I love betting Army. I love betting Navy because it usually pays out. So uh, that would be my top play at the moment, uh, Army minus eight. Yeah, if you're playing uh, cover four against Army and you're going to play that soft <laughs> zone, 
I mean, good luck. Yeah. If they, that's they your will, plan, they'll rush for yeah. 400 yards. <laughs> I, I'd be shocked if they played cover four against Army uh, compared to you know what they did with Penn State. But uh, yeah. but Ball State's look, Ball State's just not like they had a good year last year, obviously, yeah. and it was COVID short. It, like Mac only schedule. And, yeah, yeah. If you go yeah. back and watch that year, like Buffalo was clearly the best team last year, and they yeah. got upset in the MAC championship. Like Buffalo just didn't come to play that game. Um, and then there was like one or two other games. I think maybe like they played like Toledo last year and uh, Toledo killed themselves. Like Ball State should have lost two or three games last year. And, right. and we're seeing that now. They're, they're getting exposed a bit. So, uh, yeah, just give me Army minus eight and uh, let's move on to some bigger games. Okay, so we have two left, right? We have mm-hmm. uh, our Pac-12 after dark and then our main event. So yep. let's let's go out on the West Coast where you have so much more information on this than I do. So just tell me uh, once again, we're going to uh, we're going UCLA here and Arizona mm-hmm. State UCLA. Yeah. So I stayed up entirely too late last week watching Arizona State Colorado, uh, and I was really upset with myself for that Sunday morning. <laughs> but uh, look, the big so two things here. One, I, Colorado's not a good team. But Colorado's defense had some pretty good success against Arizona State. And and the, the reason, you know, the scoreline ended up being, you know, Arizona State like 34 to 14 or something like that. But it was mainly because Colorado's offense is so bad, okay? And right. and, and Colorado's defense was just absolutely gassed. I, I would have loved to have seen the, uh, the, the snap count uh, at the end of that game because, uh, you know, Colorado's defense was just done and then they got worn out in the third quarter and, and into the fourth quarter. So but but my point, though, here was just that Colorado's defense had some had some success against Arizona State. I don't think Arizona State's that good of a team. And I also think that with UCLA losing to Fresno State, uh, they're they're kind of getting overlooked a little bit. And Fresno State's a really good team like Fresno State. I think is the best group of five team right now. I think they're better than Cincinnati just personally, mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll see what happens there. I, I love Fresno State. Uh, I watched that whole Oregon game. I watched that UCLA game. Uh, they're, they're a really good team. I would actually love to see uh, them, them play Cincinnati in a bowl game, but I doubt that lines up. Uh, but, yeah, just look. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is killing it right now. I mean, he's, he's playing great. Nine touchdowns, just one turnover a year. Zach Charbonne is averaging eight yards per carry, okay? So, um, I mean, I, I love minus three here. I, I don't – you know, Arizona State's all over the place right now with their coaching staff. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, I've, I've been high on UCLA all year. I, I talked about that Maryland season bet that I had. I talked about that a couple minutes ago. The other, the other big season bet I really liked was UCLA uh, to, to get to uh, seven or eight. I think it was uh, seven and a half to, to get to eight wins. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm high on UCLA this year. I'll keep riding this train. Uh, give me, give me UCLA minus three. I think they win this by ten points. Yeah. So and and yards and points don't seem to be a problem for UCLA. And and if there's one thing about Chip Kelly's teams, when they put up points, they put up points so that's mm-hmm. uh that's an interesting play there okay so move on to our final game which is always the game of the week it's indiana at penn state minus 12 uh i'm i'm gonna let you have the floor here i've got some thoughts myself but i'll follow up after mm-hmm. that what are you looking at here in this play i, I feel like i know already but what do you what are you doing uh, here? well i'm gonna go under I'm gonna go under oh, okay. three, under fifty-four. I think it's fifty-three, uh, depending on where you look. I think it's it's down to that now. Um, you know, originally I, I was taking Indiana plus thirteen. I thought that was a play, but you know, the more I dig into Indiana here, they they have no explosiveness at all. Okay, yep. they're one hundred and twenty-third in the nation in passing explosiveness, and Penn State is tenth in the nation in limiting 
uh, explosive passing plays. So yep. I, I just I think this is a good combination for 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 the under. And then on top of that, one other key stat here is Indiana's been very good at eat all year for themselves at limiting explosive plays. Um, you know, for for the opposition. So I just see longer drives here. Penn State's going to put up points. I think they can get you know to thirty one or so. Uh, but I, I don't see Indiana surpassing seventeen uh, in this game. So what my 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 score prediction was was somewhere around there. I think I think it was I think I had twenty eight seventeen was my prediction. And just the more the more I read here, you know, Penn State defense is going to be fired up. Uh, you know, they mm-hmm. played great all year. There's no reason for me to think that uh, Michael Penix is going to flip the switch now and uh, you know. It, be, be, be kind of the player we saw at times last year. So I, I'll, I will take the under. I see Penn State getting up 14, maybe getting up 17. And, and there is a, a backdoor opportunity there. Uh, but, I, but I think it'll be, you know, they'll, they'll be up 28-14 going into the fourth quarter, and then they'll, they'll, they'll slow things down. So uh, under 53. And I've, I've predicted every Penn State game right this year so far. So let's keep that streak going. I'll, I'll, I'll hear you on the under. Uh, but Penn State is going to cover this, and it's yeah. just everything you just said is absolutely right. They brought in a couple transfers. Uh, DJ Matthews, I think, is his name. He tore his ACL mm-hmm. last week. He was their only guy that has speed. Now Peyton Hendershot mm-hmm. is much better this year than he was last year, uh, and I got some of the inside information. And who he? Ooh, that's a bunch of dark stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that particular situation, he's their only real threat as a pass catcher that is like explosive as a tight end. But Ty Freifogel yeah. isn't fast. He's just going to go up okay. and dunk on people. Like he, mm-hmm. if, if he gets matched up with treat Castro fields and there's a jump ball, I could see maybe a 30 yard completion with no run after the catch. But Penn mm-hmm. state has multiple players that can be explosive and they've got depth at those, at those positions. And I think we've seen enough of Mike Yersich scheming up to break defenses and having good answers for what you're throwing at him. And on the defensive side of the ball, what I've seen on tape is Iowa ran coverage and Cincinnati ran cover one. They were in man coverage the whole time and they, for a good part of that game, suffocated uh, the Indiana passing attack. So if I'm Brent Pry, I'm like, which which path do I want to choose? Because I think Penn State can make either one work. That's really, mm-hmm. to me, is like, I think they're going to be dominant in this game. The only thing that is going to save Indiana is if Michael Penix just goes Kobe, you know, and starts mm-hmm. like throwing it all over the field. And those crazy passes we saw at the end of the game for Penn State, for Indiana on that final drive that got him to overtime. Like, like that's it. That's what they've got to hope for, that somehow he's going to not turn the ball over. Uh, So, yeah, I think Penn State's going to win by 14. And the question then becomes, do they score enough to get this to the over? And that's where I I think for for your point, I'll I'll defer to you on that of of what the under over is there. But I think Penn State covers this one pretty easily. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, my like I said, originally in the week, I was taking Indiana. And then once I got to like Wednesday or so, I was like, okay, I, I can't. I can't take Indiana here. I, I like I like Penn State a lot, and then I was really leaning towards Penn State minus twelve. And then you know what? Just the more I started digging here and, and looking at some of these explosive play stats, I was like, okay, well, if if both teams are good at limiting that, and 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 Indiana can't produce them, yeah, uh, that, that means we're going to see some long drives, you know, chewing off the clock. I will say Indiana is pretty good against the run, from what I've seen so far. I believe they are. I think they're top thirty in the country in, in rushing defense. So I'm curious yeah. to see if Penn State's. Part of that get, too. Get part of that too is who you play. Uh, and yeah, of course, you know they of they they struggled against Iowa, and Iowa was able to get to the edge on them. But yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know that. I think you're right about Cincinnati. Kind of watching their offense of 
how good is the upper end of the Cincinnati offense? Because Mike McFadden came out of the game, and then it was a different game for Indiana. Uh, so I was going to the- take Notre Dame this week, but I, I left them out. But I, I, I like another play I like this week is definitely Notre Dame. But go yeah. on, sorry. Well, I, I just in general, I think that the Indiana defense, they've got some injuries back there as well. Again, we got into all of this earlier this week on uh, the BWI Daily Edition with Dustin Dopiric out of uh, Indianapolis. He covers uh, the the Hoosiers for the Indy Star. So if you want to check that out, get the full scouting report on uh, not just the Cliff Notes version here. But yeah, they're, they're injured in the secondary. I think that there's going to be some exposing done for that Indiana defense, which is always really good. And I, I'm not trying to like down-talk the, the team because I always think Indiana is a dangerous team and they're a good team, but they're coming in disadvantaged with those situations. It's going to take a miracle from Tom Allen and, and that defensive scheme and from Michael Penix to make this a competitive game. So yeah, I, I, I'm not buying anything from Indiana in this game. Awesome. All right. Well, let's see how it plays out. Yeah, I didn't have to put any. I didn't have to put my name on any of the official stuff <laughs> like you did. So let's wrap that up again. I always want to flash this back up here uh, mm-hmm. so that we've got our picks. Here are Ryan Snyder's best bets. So take us through it one more time. Yep. So we're going to take Wisconsin minus two. Uh, they're great at stopping the run. Michigan can't run. Uh, that's kind of the mindset. And God, if Wisconsin can't win this one, like. Their, their season's in major trouble. Uh, I like Army minus eight, man. Ball State cannot stop the run. They're averaging or they're allowing 5.4 yards per carry. Army is obviously a train with that triple option. And I think uh, Army has an advantage uh, on both lines. Uh, I, I will, dude, did we get into LSU Auburn? I think did, we skipped LSU Auburn. Did we take, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think we skipped LSU Auburn. We I did. Realize that. Okay. okay, so well, let me run through it real quick. Okay. Um, well, just just long story short, with that one, I, I T.J. Finley, even if he's the quarterback, man, like I I have little I have little faith in him going back to to LSU and um, you know trying to out with his old team. Uh, I, I'm I'm not crazy high on LSU either, to be honest with you. I'm I'm kind of torn on this one, uh, but I, I saw some things from LSU last week and, that I liked a little bit, and uh, I I just man. I'm really, I, I'm really not high on Auburn's uh, offense after watching them last week against Georgia State. So uh, I'm, I'm going to lay the three there, Baton Rouge at night. Uh, this one's a hard one, though, man. It's not, I, I, okay. Not... All right, I'm going to jump on this grenade for you. This is not an official pick. If you want to give it, it's not an official yeah. pick. But you and I discussed this earlier. You took it out. Yeah. I fixed it and updated things but didn't bring in the updated information. So <laughs> yeah. this is not at all That's a right. Ryan yeah, Snyder's yeah. best bet or official pick. This is this yeah. is T. Frank making uh, uh, an unforced error here. So if you want to just give your thoughts <laughs> on the okay. game, that's fine. But I don't want you to have to put your reputation well, on the line on the game that I agree. This is not a great game to pick because both yeah. teams are bad in certain ways. Yeah, my my original thought was I like I saw some stuff from LSU last week that I liked in that Mississippi State game, and Mississippi State ended up getting a late touchdown and a two point conversion to be a push, and that was my push last week. I had Mississippi State plus three, um, but I did see some things that I liked from from LSU's defense in that game. Uh, and again, I just I Bo, whether it's Bo Nix or or Finley going to going to Baton Rouge, I just I, I see that being. Um, I don't want to say a turnover fest, but I see them having having a few issues. But but the reason I took it out then was because I was digging more on Auburn secondary, and Auburn secondary is pretty good, man. Like uh, yep. was it Smoke Monday, or whatever? Like so they have they have some they have some dudes back there. We saw that with with uh, with uh, you know in, in the Penn State game. So I, I was really torn on this one. I liked Auburn earlier, in, or I liked LSU earlier in the week. 
and then I made a late decision to, to pull it. But um, I think you made yeah, the right decision. As I as <laughs> I said in week one, and uh, whenever else we talked about LSU, the only thing I trust less than Ed Ogeron is the team they're playing. Because uh, yeah. they've they've been some there's been some bad matchups there. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not at all interested in talking about anything about LSU unless it's for them to lose against a clearly good team. Yeah, but to finish out my little recap here, I have under. 79 uh, in in the Alabama Ole Miss game. I just think the tempo uh, from Bill O'Brien's offense is not what we saw last year with Steve Sarkeesian's offense. Alabama will have to put together more drives. Um, and, you know, I just – I think we see some kind of game in, in the – you know, maybe in the 60s, uh, 35, 34. Maybe, maybe, maybe one team can get into the 40s. But uh, 79 is a lot of points, man. So yeah. I, I – and they've had all year to kind of look over that film last year and, and find defensive mistakes. And Ole Miss has a better defense this year too. So uh, UCLA minus three then. Uh, I just saw a lot from Arizona State last week that I didn't like, even though they got that win over Colorado. And I've just been high on UCLA all year. I love Dorian Thompson-Robinson. He's making a lot – a lot of good plays, nine touchdowns, the one interception. Zach Charbonnet is averaging eight yards per carry. Uh, I think I think people are sleeping on UCLA a little bit after that Fresno State loss. So uh, give me UCLA minus three. And then, like I said, uh, under fifty three in the in the Penn State Indiana Hoosiers game. Uh, just the both teams are good at limiting explosive plays, and Indiana is bad at producing explosive plays. So uh, whenever whenever I see that, I, I think of long drives. I think of time ticking down. And I think unders. So under 53 will be my play in the Penn State Indiana game. And uh, we've done good at picking these Penn State games so far. So hopefully it continues. That is Ryan Snyder's best bets for the week. Thanks so much for coming on, giving us all the information in recruiting and giving us the information about the weekend where you should be looking on the lines. Thanks so much, Ryan. Hey, man. Always fun. We'll talk soon. Coming up. Tomorrow, don't forget, BWI Live, the post-game show. Tom Hannafin back from assignment, so he'll be joining me in the post-game studio whenever that goes. Hope to uh, hope to heaven it is not an overtime game, but no matter when it's over, 15 minutes after the game, we have the BWI Live post-game show, so make sure you uh, set your clock and you schedule in for that. We'll be back then. 